The following is an exclusive presentation of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. It's time for BYU Women's Soccer, live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Deep cross, Blake and the Cougars open up on top. This is Cougar Pre-Match Live. Coming up, we'll hear from head coach Jennifer Rockwood, and we'll get a look at today's starting lineups. Let's begin our coverage of BYU Women's Soccer and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar soccer fans. Welcome inside Clyde Field in Orem, Utah, home of the Utah Valley Wolverines. As for the first time in the history of these programs, BYU and UVU play here in Orem. All-time BYU a 4-0 versus the Wolverines with all the games played at Southfield in Provo. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll have tonight's play-by-play call eventually because we're in a delay here. They scheduled a men's game ahead of the women's game, and sure enough, the men's game's going to overtime. And so they'll play overtime up to 20 minutes, 25 with a break. And then they'll give the teams 30 minutes after that to get ready for the women's game. So we will not start at 7.30. But we are with you now just after 7 o'clock Mountain Time. But again, the men's game ahead of the women's game is in overtime. We could hope for an early winner, in which case they'd start the 30-minute clock. But if it goes the full double overtime, we will be a while before we start playing here at uh, Clyde Field. So it is. I am Greg Grubel, joined by my commentary partner, the former BYU Cougar, Avery Walker. And, Ava, it's something new for BYU, a game across town here uh, to take on a team that is still yet to lose a home game. The Wolverines 3-4 and four on the year, but a perfect 3-0 at Clyde Field. And while I don't know exactly what to expect in terms of uh, crowd composition tonight, I would presume that we'll see uh, some BYU blue mixed in with UBU green. Should be a fun atmosphere, and uh, I think a sellout would not be a surprise. They brought in additional bleachers for this night. Yeah, I think that's a, a wise move here. You know, like you were saying earlier, we haven't uh, had a chance to see these two teams go head-to-head in, in Orem. So it's obviously a beautiful setting, much like Southfield, and I think it'll be a, a good matchup here with All a right. big crowd. Yeah, the uh, men's game is now going into overtime. First extra session is about to get underway. We'll take a break. Coming up next, BYU head coach Jennifer Rockwood gives us her pregame thoughts as BYU women's soccer coverage continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Clyde Field on the campus of Utah Valley University. Tonight to UVU home to 7th ranked. I say 7th ranked. That's in top drawer soccer as of today. Still 10th in the coaches poll. The new poll comes out tomorrow morning. But uh, number 7 in a TDS, 7th ranked BYU. The Cougars still perfect on the season at 5-0. BYU last opened the season with a 6-0 record way back in 2005. So that's on the table tonight. Following a perfect 3-0 homestand that concluded and included with a dominant win over top 15 team Texas A&M, BYU is now on the road for four straight games and five of the next six. In our pregame interview with head coach Jennifer Rockwood, brought to you by Zions Bank, for banking that helps you tackle every financial challenge, Zions Bank is for you. The coach talks about the challenge of keeping things rolling even as the Cougars leave Southfield for a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're on a good roll right now. Um, had some good home games. And, um, yeah, now we see what kind of road warriors we are. And we'll start start off against, you know, an in-state rival that, you know, always gives us trouble. And I'm sure they'll be uh, ready to go. You've already seen what your team can do away from home, though. They've already shown you something. Yeah, you know, obviously we got off to a great start uh, going and, and challenging ourselves. And Alabama Mississippi State have done well up to this point, uh, too. So that's it makes us look good, uh, which is great. But uh, UVU is coming off a, a good win against UTEP on Saturday. We've had a couple extra days rest. So, you know, that should be to our advantage. And, um, you know, just really looking forward to getting out there again. They were The girls were so fun to watch uh, against A&M. And we kind of set a standard, a, a level of 
uh, expectation, I think, uh, of what we're capable of doing. And so we just need to each week, you know, continue to get better as we look at kind of our stats from the game and what we expect to do for the next game. A lot of national observers had to have their eye on the A&M game. What do you think you said to them? Um, just that we're, uh, you know, a team to be mentioned in conversation is, uh, you know, someone, you know, uh, for NCAA tournament, that's kind of what we're doing right now is, is building that resume for the NCAA tournament uh, and preparing for our conference play. Our conference has got off to a great start, a stronger start than our conference overall has done in years. And, and so exciting. Chris beat uh, Gonzaga, beat Nebraska. And, and so we've had some great results, obviously, with Pepperdine this weekend and Santa Clara. So everything that we're doing now is to prepare us. Uh, for our conference play, but also to get recognition uh, on a national level for the NCAA tournament. And that RPI right now is top five, very solid. Yeah, and, and as I mentioned, some of the teams we've already played have done well. Um, UVU has a higher RPI than, than they've had the last couple of years, and so, you know, we make sure we go out and take, take care of business against them, and, and hopefully we'll be rewarded for that. But, uh, you know, you can't ever look past uh, any team, and as we try to tell the girls each and every game, it, it doesn't matter who we play or what's on their jersey, we have to prepare the same. So UVU, you've played four times previously, but never at their place. They finally get you on their home pitch. I know that has to excite them. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it does. I, I hope there's a great crowd tonight. I hope our fans will come over and wear royal and, uh, and uh, see us and cheer for us. But uh, they've had some, some great games over there. I actually have never really been uh, on their field before, so it, it's definitely a true road game. They've come over here a couple times in a row, so it was our turn to go back and reciprocate that. And you mentioned the game they just played, comeback win over UTEP, late winner, and they've got a little confidence right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, they uh, they had to battle back. I watched some of that game, and, um, you know, it it's always gives you good momentum, especially when you have to come from behind and then also win, you know, at the last minute. And so, again, I'm, I'm sure, you know, all the girls kind of know each other. Jamie's sister plays on that team, and so uh, there's a lot of former teammates uh, that will be going against each other tonight. You've got a pretty set starting 11 right now and uh, and depth on top of it, but you won't have uh, Bella Felino available to you to add to that depth this season, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a it's a huge loss for us. I mean, Bella was a, a freshman that started, I think, almost every game for us. She was our second leading goal scorer, I think our third in overall points last year. So, obviously, that's a big shot uh, to our attack. Um, you know, she, from the first week or so, she had trouble with her hip flexor, and we found out through MRI that she just had a stress fracture and so she's just going to have to sit and wait and uh, we'll redshirt her and uh, she'll be ready to go uh, hopefully in January. How do you compensate for that loss on the wing? You know it, it's a difficult but we we knew coming in we had a great uh, freshman class coming in and so you know uh, I think we've got SJ we've got Rachel and we have Ellie Mon those those three young players who've who've kind of taken those minutes uh, that Bella gave us and I think all three of them continue to improve uh, with each game and I think PD can also add to that you know Lizzie on the other side runs so hard and so much um, that you know we can't expect her to play 90 minutes of, of especially when you've got two two games on the weekend so between those three four girls uh you know that's how we're going to try and fill those minutes and lizzie's flexible enough to go right to left for example and, and play uh and play there as well uh absolutely i mean lizzie's actually very strong with her left foot that's why she likes playing on the right hand side is so she can cut back and, and shoot with her left foot um but you know lizzie's attacking as well as she's ever done could be one of our best ever attacking players right now um, and uh, the other thing that some people might not realize is she's also one of our better defenders in the midfield. And so we rely on her a lot on both sides of the ball. So she covers a ton of ground for us. Okay. Last thing, three straight shutouts you're working on right now and still have yet to allow a single goal in the run of play this season. That's amazing. 
Yeah, the the back line and and Sab and our, our whole goalkeeper unit. You know, they train every day together and make each other better. But you know, that's a, a goal for us uh, tonight. Is if if we felt like we could do it against a team like A and M, that should be the expectation. Is is uh, to take away those looks. And um, you know, we've talked about different ways that we can do that, and and that's what we'll try and do tonight. All right, Jen. Good luck against the Wolverines at their place, and we will talk to you post match. Awesome. Thank you. That is BYU head coach Jennifer Rockwood. Time now for a break when we return to Clyde Field where the men's game UVU and UC Irvine is still in overtime. We'll have more on BYU and UVU women, including a conversation with veteran outside back Josie Gwynn. This is BYU women's soccer on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hello and good evening once again from Clyde Field at Utah Valley University where there is a men's women's doubleheader going on tonight. The UVU men taking on UC Irvine. And that game has gone into overtime, and then they'll be going into a second overtime period. And the women cannot play until the men are done, and the men aren't done. They'll play a second overtime, and then once that game is done, they'll set a clock at 30 minutes, let the women warm up. And so our start here of 7.30, which is already later than the normal 7 o'clock start time, will go even later than that. And who knows when we'll actually start here at Clyde Field by that time. Uh, a really big crowd should be on hand to watch the Cougars and the Wolverines women's soccer. Currently Wolverine men and UC Irvine tied at one after 100 minutes of play, and they're going into double OT. All right, BYU and UVU women. The Wolverines welcoming BYU to their home pitch for the first time ever. Cougars trying to remain perfect against the crosstown rivals. Cougars have won all four previous get-togethers by a combined scoreline of 9-1 to one, with wins in Provo coming in 2012. 2015, 2017, and 2018. I'm Greg Rubel, once again joined by former BYU women's soccer player Avery Walker, and good to have you with us on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. We are heard on BYU Radio tonight, 107.9 FM, as well as the BYU Cougars app. We're also at BYUCougars.com slash live radio, and on ESPN 960 AM, as well as the ESPN 960 app. You can also hear matches on demand, along with highlights, at the BYU Women's Soccer Podcast and on the Women's Soccer page at byuradio.org and on the BYU Radio app. So lots of ways to tune in live or later. Well, tonight's match is the third in-state battle of the season for BYU. The Cougs have already defeated Southern Utah 7-0 and Utah 2-zip. This will be BYU's final game against in-state competition this season. And Abe, uh, the local games have a different feel and flavor to them, even with BYU heavily favored here tonight. The competition level from UBU should be high. A lot of these players know each other uh, really well. Uh, one of the players is related to the other. There are sisters playing against each other tonight with the Shepherds. And the Wolverines have been a really good home team. You throw all that all together, and the Cougs really cannot afford any kind of let-up here tonight. Yeah, it's very true. Um, with both teams' strength of schedule in this this area of the world, it, it's going to be a, a great matchup. I think one of the things BYU needs to focus on is just playing their game and going forward into the into the defense into their attacking third into UVU's defensive third and just remembering to attack attack quickly and uh, being able to draw UVU out and not allowing them to park the bus park the bus means what park the bus means when um, you're playing against a team that's maybe more athletic or more has a speed advantage instead of um, high pressuring the ball and and pushing your forwards into maybe their defensive end to try and force an error and then head to goal. You instead keep everybody on your own defensive half so that your your angles and your gaps are, are kind of constantly sealed. You put as many sense. players as you can behind the ball, basically, yeah. Yeah. And, and make a team beat you and find gaps that may not be there if you compress everybody in. 
That is called parking the bus. Yeah, it's a little defensive lesson. It's there. definitely yeah. a defensive type of strategy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not, and it, it's looked at, it's look kind of kind of looked down on, isn't it? Sometimes. I mean, sometimes. Well, you got to do what you got to do to win, right? Yeah, Th- that's exactly. The name of the and game. then you kind of. But teams that are mm-hmm. in some cases overmatched will resort to that kind of play. Yep. In which case, it just makes it harder for the for the favored team. Uh, to, a, a good example might be uh, Pepperdine Stanford this past weekend. Yeah. Um, Pepperdine didn't have any offensive attack to speak of. Mm-hmm. They defended the entire match and ended up uh, beating Stanford. Stanford got very frustrated. Tons of shots, tons of shots on goal. No goals for it. Pepperdine played that kind of conservative game. Yeah. All right, as we get ready for BYU women and UVU women, we are in a bit of a delay as the men finish up UC Irvine and UVU here at Clyde Field, and they're going into a second overtime session. Before we hear from Joe Siegelin, who's coming up a little later on here in the broadcast, welcoming in BYU's Director of Athletics, Tom Holmo, who is uh, with us pitch side during our overtime delay. If you will, Tom, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Live from UVU. <laughs> for the first time. Yes, the- indeed it is, and it's first time, and we're waiting for the men's game to end. <laughs> they started it at 5, and I was told the only thing we don't want is overtime, and they got overtime. <laughs> well, they got double overtime. Yeah, they got double overtime. After 100 minutes, 1-1, they're going into a second extra session. Tom, this BYU women's soccer team is uh, ranked 10th by the coaches. That may change tomorrow because teams ahead of them lost last week. And BYU had that great win over A&M. But the top drawer soccer poll came out today, one of the other main top 25s. And BYU's gone from 12th to 7th there. So we're now into the rarefied air of the very top teams in the country, and BYU's one of them. You know, I, I really like where they're at right now. But I think that Jennifer and the rest of the staff, and especially the girls, they really are keeping a focus on it. And the proverbial coach speak has turned into player speak as they're focused on the individual games. It started when they went down to Alabama and played Mississippi State, where you know you can't get two for one. You go get one first, and that was a huge game to go down there and get that first game on the road against Alabama. Tough weather, humid and everything. But then when they got it, then they went on to the next one. It seems like as I watch them, they come and they really focus on each game. They play each game a little bit differently. But now you see them trying to turn into a little, you know, they're a little bit more predictable in their uh, emotions and their behavior, which I really like. And now tonight will be a very good test to see how they play against a local team, a really scrappy team. And we'll we'll learn a lot about the team tonight. In-state games are a little different. Even if you're favored to win, you you sometimes come out of there with uh, maybe even more of a battle than outsiders might expect. No question about it. I mean, whenever BYU teams play anybody in the state, uh, you know, there's some kids that really maybe wanted to go to BYU or didn't get recruited by BYU, and there's some good players at these places, and they uh, usually have a chip on their shoulder, and where they have a chip on their shoulder, and it gets hard fast right away. The game's over right now. Yeah, UC Irvine <laughs> just scored on a header, and you hear the celebrations of the UC Irvine team right in front of us. So they have gone to double overtime, and it is over 2-1 UCI over UVU. So they'll start that 30-minute clock fairly soon here, and the women will get ready to play. But but going back to what we're saying is, you you got to come out, and you read you got to be alert, and you got to be on your feet, you got to have your eyes open, and you got to play hard. And I, I don't want to say physical, but you better be ready to play when you're playing a, an in-state team. It doesn't matter what sport or which team in the state you're playing. Yeah, I totally agree, Tom. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you've, you kind of liked the behavior and the, the charisma that this team has, and they've kind of honed that going into it. Talk a little bit more about that. I know you kind of, you show up to practice and spend some time with them. Well, I thought last year was a really special year because there was one senior in Maddie Sidaway, and before that year, as soon as the previous year ended, I brought Maddie into my office and said, girl, you're the one and only. How are you going to do this? 
And, and she goes, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to lead this team. I thought she did a great job. We lose her, and then we lose uh, Olivia, Olivia yep. to a mission. But what that meant is we had a lot of experience coming back. And it's not just experience in the way they play. It's experience in the way they behave in the culture of the team. And so I love the fact that this team has really strong culture right now. Culture doesn't mean got it now. We're going to have it in six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it means we got a good culture that we can build on. But what you build in you know, a whole offseason can be chipped away in a game. So it's kind of tenuous. These All the games count, and that's what I was saying, Ave, is that when you start talking about this game, Jen and the leaders of the team should really feel that this is an important game, how they play, how they pass, how they play team defense, how the substitutes. I've been super impressed this year by how well our subs are playing, and it's like you don't see a, dro- a drop-off. And young subs, freshman subs. Yeah, yeah. and so – and at this point in time, it looks like everybody's kind of willing to play uh, off play of one their and role. one for all. Yeah. But, Avery, you know that that's not – that it's easy to do that maybe yeah. early in the season. But in a game like tonight, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Jen's teams are always known for uh, putting balls in the back of the net. They've got 14 goals in five games. That's great. But only one goal against, and it came on a PK. You've got the entire back line back from last year, Sabrina Davis – I love the way she plays. I know you, you you admire what she's doing in that as well. This defense that BYU's got going on is as impressive as anything happening up top. Yeah, and I, I think I, I really credit it's, it's a good defensive scheme. The coaches have done a really good job of putting this together. But you know, I, I, credit the, uh, I credit the players for playing really good team defense. There's a lot of communication going on. I love to stand on the field and see that. And they take great pride in the 50-50 balls. I mean, when Avery was a player, I was always going, Avery, get that ball, that 50-50 <laughs> ball. you got to get it. And sometimes our teams of the past, maybe the last couple of years, you know, in in some point in the season, they weren't going to go all out for the 50-50 ball. I don't think I've seen a time this year where there's a loose ball and our girls haven't gone flying for it. They might not get it, but they're going to be committed to that ball. I want to see that tonight in this team. BYU's third in RPI right now and they're playing uh, a, a UVU team that's actually got a better RPI than they've had historically. Now they go on the road this week. Kansas and Kansas State. Kansas is ranked in the top 25. They've got a good RPI. The road games roll on right now, and that's where I think BYU kind of solidifies that, that postseason resume by showing that not only are they great at South Field, but they can go on the road, beat good teams away from home. Well, hey, Greg, look, being on the NCAA men's basketball committee for those four years, I get a feel for how these selection committees work. And one of the things that they like is road wins. And we go right off the bat to Alabama and Mississippi State and get those. Now we're going back to tough territory with little rest. I mean, that's one of the things. you got three games this week, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. And then, and those are, those are not any games that you can scoff at. Kansas is really good. But they better not be thinking about Kansas until this one in Orem is done. So from one kind of football to the other really quickly, man, what a, what a great couple of weeks for Kalani and that football team. Winning in Knoxville in front of thousands of BYU fans and then the first-ranked home win in the Sitaka era against USC this past Saturday. What a great couple of weeks. You know, I'm really proud of them. They're a very resilient group. I mean, you called the game and you were there. You saw it with your own eyes. There were times in that game in Knoxville where 
uh, maybe a, a team from the past or any team in the country would have chipped it in or, or called it in, cashed in their chips. But I don't know, but just being there, I kind of felt like I usually am up in the box and I'm going to come down in the field to see the last couple of minutes, but I stayed up in the box going, something's going to happen. you know. And sure enough, I'm in the box when it all goes down, saw the whole thing. And, and, and it's just something about this team where they show resilience, but it's the same like we were talking about. It's part of their culture. And uh, it's hard to be resilient week after week after week after week. You build that up with an inner strength that comes from leadership on the team. And, hey, look, at now they got another rugged game against uh, the Huskies this week from Washington. And will they be resilient again? You and I know that there's going to be points in that game <laughs> where it's going to go, oh, boy, you got to hang on right here. Don't let it slip away. And that's just what they did against USC. They, back, they had a str- strong, solid back bone and didn't crack. You know what uh, Kalani and these guys were facing with back-to-back-to-back-to-back P5s to start the year. BYU will be no worse than 500 and could come out of it with three wins of those four games. And that's pretty impressive based on how maybe things started out for you guys this year. Yeah, it really is. I, but, I, you know, I, like I'm going to go back to the analogy with Jen is that one at a time because one of the things that I really liked about the USC game is they really – you can't look at USC and Washington. It's just too much to look at. So after the Tennessee game, they put that one out as big of a game as it was, and you know the meaning of that game. I really, I'd say I went, I went down there on Monday, and by halfway through Monday, after they looked at the film, it was over, and they did not talk about that game ever again. And they went into that USC week with an, a real serious preparation. And I felt that they were really prepared. Kalani and the coaches have told me kind of some of the things they were going to do that were different. And I'm like, man, they got a different game plan. And so this game this week is not about what we did last week, and it's not about um, Toledo the following week. This has got to – if you don't have both hands on the wheel and both eyes open, you can't have be looking at your phone. You need all your attention on this Washington team, or they will do what they did to us last year in Seattle. And They're last, capable. Things got away from BYU last year up at UW. Last thing for you then, what's the AD's position on the court, on the field storm this past Saturday? I love it. I loved it. You know, <laughs> I just know that. I'm glad we're not in the SEC. It's a $50,000 fine regardless. It doesn't matter what the circumstance was. But look at man. I, I love the Rock and all the fans. Um, they needed that. It's almost like. It was pent up. When I saw it, it was pent up emotion. <laughs> and uh, we needed that, and I'm glad that they earned it. Uh, the fans earned it, that's what I'm saying, because they needed a, a win, and they ne- and that was an excessive win. Yeah. And so good for them. Okay, last thing for you is this soccer note. Uh, we talked about the RPI a little bit earlier. Uh, road game's coming up right now. It's all about the NCAA tournament if you're a team like BYU, and there's always that possibility to host Host a game, host a couple of games, host a couple of weekends. That has to be the objective, right? Good things can right. happen if, 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 if that's the situation. Well, Greg, I mean, one of the things we just talked about is taking one game at a time. But you're asking me to look <laughs> ahead, so I'll say something about it. And that is that you're right. As I on the basketball committee, when you're, you're in March Madness and you're looking at the whole resume, you go back and it's games like this. And the next couple where you're going, man, they were solid on the road. They played a good road record. Now, that being said, non-conference, I don't know what the number's going to be. But if we're three right now, yeah. we're not going backwards. The good thing that is re- that everybody can be thought thankful for is that 
the WCC is going to have a good conference RPI. And look, they can. It's good as we might do in the regular non-seat non-conference. This is going to be a wicked, as Avery can attest to. It's a very incredible soccer conference, and when you have, I don't even start mentioning them, but every one of those is a danger zone. Tom, thanks for chatting. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, that is BYU Director of Athletics, Tom Holmo, as we get ready for BYU and UVU. And time now for our pre-match player interview. And tonight, it is a chat with junior outside back Josie Gwynn, part of a back line that has been integral to the Cougs' lights-out defense so far. One goal allowed in five games and no goals allowed in the run of play. Here's Josie. It means a lot. We've worked really hard in the off-season, and we were together last season as a back line, and it just feels really good that our hard work that we've put in has been paying off so far, and it, I think it actually motivates us even more to keep that zero goals in the run of play on the board because that's something to be really proud of. After giving up the one goal on the PK in Starkville, uh, you've had three straight shutouts. How much do those kinds of things, streaks, mean to you or a defense generally? Well, uh, to get a shutout just one game is great. Like, that is something to be really proud of, like I said before. So to have three games in a row where we've gotten shutouts, I think it's just really a good testament to our whole team defense, not even just our back line, but just how well our team defends together and works together. They say defense starts up top, and that's more than just a cliche, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, 100%. The way we play soccer, it all starts with our press with our forwards. So our forwards and our midfielders apply that pressure to their back line. They can't hardly get it over to our defensive half. So it makes our job easier when our four, it starts up top. How much of a statement do you think your team made against Texas A&M last time out? I think we made a pretty big statement. We only gave up three shots. And, and none on frame. And none on frame. And they really didn't have any super dangerous opportunities them being ranked 12th and us being ranked 10th I feel like that's a a big statement to be made to everyone you played them last year at their place you know how 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 talented they are how good a team they are Mm -hmm. it seemed like by the end of the game you'd kind of taken the fight out of them like you kind of took away their will yeah it did seem like that um I think especially with the altitude and we had them chasing the whole game we had a lot of the possessions so I feel like by the end especially they were super worn out super tired and it just was hard for any of them to get any energy to muster up it's been nine years since BYU's opened 5-0 and which you are right now it's been 14 years since BYU opened 6-0 and which is the next objective the notion of let down or let up like keeping the pedal down like how how much do you guys focus on that like we've done some good things but Well, I think what we've talked about with the coaches a lot is that each game we've gotten better, but we still haven't gotten to our fullest potential. So every game, we can be happy with what we did the last game, but there's a new game, there's new goals that we've set, and there's no time to let off the break. You guys won all three games of your homestand. Now it's four in a row on the road, five of six now coming up away from home. You guys played really well to open the year on the road. How much do you lean back and look at that to to what's coming next? I think those were two really good games to start off the season just because um, playing away two SEC teams, those are really tough games away. So now we can take what we've learned, the grit, the hard work, and just the... Our motto this year is find a way, and I really think when on those away games we just found a way to win, and I think that's really a valuable lesson for us to take with our um, away games coming up. You realize you're a targeted team now, right? Oh, yeah. 
Definitely. I feel like every year BYU kind of has a target on their back to beat, but I feel like especially this year, it's great. Bring on the challenge. We want everyone's best effort, you know, brings the best out of us. Once you get top 10 and thereabouts, then it's it's a bigger deal for anybody to play with you, let alone beat you. And so that's going to kind of grow as the season goes along. I guess you'd welcome it, like you just said, though. Yeah. I, I know all of us on the team are competitors, so... It's fun to be challenged and to expect the best out of you and your teammates and your opponents. Okay, UBU now. Uh, they get you at their place for the first time ever. The games are usually here. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go across town and play them at their place. Uh, thoughts on in-state games and how excited they must be to get you on their field finally. I've talked to Jen. Apparently they scheduled this game like five years ago. Jen was like, oh, yeah, we'll play at your place. So I think it's we're just ready to go there and take it to them on their home field no changes we want to really almost embarrass them they haven't lost a home game yet they're a really good home team they're 3-0 and at home this year they'll have a good number of fans but you know how BYU turns out BYU Blue should be in the stands too right oh 100% I know I have like 10 people coming <laughs> from my family so <laughs> it should be a good game I feel like it's going to be a packed stadium and it'll be fun okay last thing how much do you focus on every game being another part of your postseason portfolio, your resume? Well, we talk a lot about how it's so important to focus on the game at hand because every game is just as important in achieving our end goal postseason going far into the tournament. We want to be seated as high as possible, have the best RPI, so every game is important. And making the statements like we did against Texas A&M can really go a long way. So this game tonight is the most important game right now. All right, Josie, good to talk to you as always. Good luck against the Wolverines, and we will uh, see you on the road as we head to Kansas. Thank you. That is BYU junior defender Josie Gwynn. Our pre-match coverage of BYU and UVU continues right after this, live from Clyde Field in Orem on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Utah. We are back at Clyde Field on the Utah Valley University campus in Orem for BYU and UVU. Tonight's game was to have kicked off minute or two ago, but uh, delayed tonight with the uh, men's game preceding our game, going into double overtime. UVU and UCI, Irvine won that game, and so we're we're a little bit delayed still, and uh, probably 15 to 20 minutes still away from kickoff here at uh, Clyde Field. Crosstown clash with the home side seeking to uh, spring the upset over the team ranked 7th nationally by top drawer soccer. We'll see where the coaches have BYU ranked tomorrow, but enough teams lost ahead of BYU last week that I think... Uh, where top drawer has BYU at 7. The coaches could have BYU in that very same spot uh, tomorrow morning. Those come out uh, late Tuesday mornings, generally speaking. So, Ave, Tom was talking a bit with us, and he's uh, he's been associated with programs in the past that have had those quote-unquote special seasons. You know what it's like to be on some of the best BYU soccer teams we've had in the last decade. What is it that, that maybe qualifies a team to say you're special, and, and what makes a team out of the ordinary, and, and what might this team have we're seeing here that you can already see that the that the, kind of like the seeds are there that are being sown for something something pretty uh pretty special. Yeah, I, I was actually talking with some coworkers this morning about what makes a team special, and you know you asked kind of a two part question there: what makes a special team, and then what makes a special season? And I think a special season really does come back to everyone's bought into the idea of putting the best interests of the team above anything else, and to go off of that, you know, specifically to name situations where I've seen things like that um we haven't talked a lot about these we talk a lot about the subs coming off the bench and being a spark for this BYU team but we haven't talked about players who we do not see on the field on game night like Cassidy Smith who's you know constantly at the end of the bench kind of filling that leadership role um in a way that she probably doesn't want to 
but is nonetheless there every game, every practice, building her her teammates up. And then also someone I notice a lot is Ellie Mon. She has been, you know, she's obviously a freshman, but she's been with the team longer than the other freshmen. Obviously, she did that as a way to to get comfortable sooner and, and find a way to into that starting group. And that hasn't been awarded to her, but she is also one of the ones that is on the end of the bench, just getting everybody pumped and excited about the going into halftime. And, um, you know, when, when BYU goes in and we're playing under the lights, you can really see the energy come up from the bench. And she's one of those players that I, I really respect because she's, you know, willing to put the best interest of the team over what, you know, she might obviously desire. Texas A&M came into Provo and lost uh, 2-0 last Thursday after the game. The head coach of the Aggies, uh, G. Guerreri, in the handshake line told Jen, that she had a special team on her hands, something something really uh, impressive developing here. What is it about this BYU team, beyond those individuals who maybe, like I said, deeper down the bench, what does this team really have that can say, yeah, that's top 10 caliber? A um, couple things come to mind. One is the depth of the ability for more than one player to step up big time in a game. Um, you don't, I remember there were certain years when we would rely on Ashley Hatch and Michelle Murphy to take care of business every game, and that just doesn't take you far enough. You need other heavy hitters, and that's, um, you know, we, we, as analysts, we've seen that coming into tonight. Um, we've got Elise Flake, who's obviously, you know, hit a bunch of shots on frame and scored. Michaela Coolahan, and then you have outside backs who are also taking those opportunities. I know Lizzie Braby's looking for a shot at goal, so... Um, one, the depth and the ability for someone else to step up, and then additionally leadership. You can't win without leadership. What about just pure goal-scoring ability? Because <laughs> BYU's got that too, right? 100%. <laughs> Takes goals to win games, and that's what BYU's got. Yeah, and there has been BYU teams in the past that are ranked highly and come into a, a big game, and they have shots, and they don't go in. So the fact that this team's able to capitalize on their opportunities is going to f- be something that takes them far. By the way, we keep an eye on Elise Flake. She has scored goals in four consecutive games now. She was shot out in the opener. Michaela Coolahan had the only game at Alabama, the only goal at Alabama, beg your pardon. And then Elise Flake has scored in every game since. All right, it is tonight to BYU looking to protect its uh, lofty ranking and its undefeated status by visiting the Wolverines of UVU. Uh, UVU 3-4, and four, no losses at home, by the way, no wins on the road. So they are uh, a home road split team, 3-0 here, 0-4 away. BYU is, UVU is home tonight and planning for a full house in this a nightcap of today's men's and women's doubleheader. And again, UC Irvine beat UVU in double overtime a short time ago. The length of that game pushed back the start of this game. So we're still awaiting kickoff, and that's still about 10 minutes away from us here at Clyde Field. The Wolverines last played here at home just two nights ago. And it was a late winner from Juliana Carter to take care of UTEP 2-1. A short time ago, I spoke with UVU's third-year head coach, Chris LeMay, about the confidence his club takes from Saturday night into Monday with nationally ranked BYU coming down University Parkway for tonight's Crosstown Soccer Showdown. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match on Saturday. We thought we possessed well, created good goal-scoring opportunities. Um, probably took us a little longer than we wanted to get the, the second one and could have, could have potentially found a third or a fourth but didn't. Um, but we, we stayed persistent, and, and at the end we got the result we needed. What's been the home t- home pitch touch for you or magic for you so far this season? I don't think there's any magic. I think the girls just feel comfortable and confident here. Uh, they, they Typically we get pretty good crowds, and I think they draw off the crowd. Uh, it's nice to be able to sleep in your own bed. So, you know, a lot of familiarity. And, and you know, so far we've, we've had some success at, at this field, and we're going to continue to try to, you know, do that tonight. What kind of vibe do you anticipate tonight here with uh, BYU coming to your place? Yeah, I mean, we're anticipating. We brought in extra bleachers because we think that, you know, we're going to draw a lot of people, and obviously from both sides. And uh, 
the more people the better so we're excited and we want it to be loud and fun and you know i mean it's just a really cool opportunity for both both teams to play in front of big crowds and you know obviously byu is very accustomed to it and we've gotten accustomed to it as well so it's it's cool when you're playing well what's happening our movement's good you know if we're if we're playing well it's because our movement off the ball is sharp and early um, and then it allows us to keep possession, which is really what we try to do. Okay. Have you been uh, uh, working formation-wise this year? Have you have you stuck with one thing, or are you kind of going game to game? How are you working that way? You know what? We've seen actually probably three or four different uh, systems, and um, just trying to put together, you know, put the, put our best eleven on the field, and um, you know, depending on what what challenges the opposition might you know present, then you know we've we tweaked a couple of things. Was Madeline Moore's first game back this last game? It was, yeah. So Madeline Moore's first game was Saturday, and then she's you know she's got a green light for tonight as well. Okay, uh, how's her recovery been? What, what was she dealing with? What took her a while to get back here? So she uh, stayed in Utah all summer, so she didn't go back to Canada. Played with the Utah Royals Reserve with, with, with a, a couple of the BYU yeah, players yeah. Uh, and had a great summer, you know, and, and was really prepared. Came into camp and, and first week of camp slipped, went to brace herself and actually kind of like hyperextended her elbow and tore some ligaments in her elbow. So it wasn't a leg injury, which is good, but she was out for a few weeks and now she's to the point where she's got full range of motion and, you know, she's braced up, but she's ready to go. I was going to say, I was watching the UTEP match and I thought I saw what looked like a brace and she'll keep it for a while? She'll, yeah, I, I think that for the remainder of the season she'll be in that brace but she's got full range of motion and, and she feels confident and comfortable so we'll be good okay uh, team chemistry right now how would you kind of assess it yeah good you know i mean i i think we you know we, we got tested uh, against santa clara obviously and and um that was that was a match where uh the players you know had to, had to kind of re- come back together uh re- regroup and they got after you pretty good right they, yeah, yeah santa clara was good um you know they scored an early goal and then just kept it going from there um so we had the ability to regroup from that and came out and, and, and had a good performance on Saturday. So we feel like the chemistry is strong right now. Okay. Uh, could this be a series, the BYU series, that uh, does alternate venues here moving forward? So, yeah, I mean, the way that we set it up with uh, with Jen is that we'll play there twice and they'll come here once, and we're perfectly comfortable with that. You're okay with that. Uh, how do things shape up on the WAC for you this year looking around the league? Kansas City's off to a great start. They're undefeated. Um, Seattle U just took, uh, you know, number four USC to double overtime and then turned around and beat Portland. So Seattle U's looking really strong. Um, UTRGV is a quality side. So, you know, we, we, we certainly, you know, would like to be in the top half of that conference and, and on any given day feel like we can, we can play with everybody. Last couple things. Against UTEP, you may have gone maybe four or five deep off the bench. Is that the kind of game you might expect to play again here tonight, or do you need to go deeper than that? Yeah, I mean, traditionally, I, we, we don't go all that deep. I mean, we're, we're accustomed to playing, you know, 14, 15 players. I think we played 17 against UTEP. Um, we're deeper than we've been ever in the past, so it allows for us to bring good players in off the bench and provide sparks, and, and we just haven't been there in, in past years. So we, we feel like we've got, you know, a, a real quality starting group, and then we feel like we've got players that can come in that are, you know, not going not gonna to have any drop-off whatsoever. Okay. And then finally, uh, your thoughts on this BYU team that's off to a 5-0 and start. It's the best BYU team that I've seen since I've been at UVU. Um, you know, I, they, they're unbelievably athletic, really good in 1v1 situations, cover a ton of ground, um, get forward, create goal-scoring opportunities. I've got nothing but good things to say about, the, about their team. Jen, today's talked about UVU and how your RPI is maybe better than it's been and how, how you know, this set sets up as a good match for BYU that way too. I mean, yeah, our first RPI hasn't officially come officially out. Officially from the NCAA, you know, but it's but, being tracked, yeah. But, yeah, it's being tracked, and, I, I, you know, I, I, certainly that's a, a goal of ours is to have a much, much better RPI. And um, 
if we don't, then teams like this, you know, might might drop us, and, and we don't want to be in that situation. We we enjoy these games and appreciate that they play us, and uh, we want to respect them and, and have a have a high enough RPI that it is good for them. Um, so, yes, we, we I mean having beat Fullerton, who's you know got five wins, right. and ha- having beat UTEP, who was who was a one loss team right. coming in here, um, we've got yeah. I mean we, we we feel like we'll be significantly better than we were last year at the end of the year when the final RPI comes out. Coach, I appreciate your time. Uh, Best of luck to you this season. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is Utah Valley University head coach Chris LeMay bringing us to tonight's Wilner and O'Reilly's Laws of the Game feature. Brought to you by Wilner and O'Reilly Immigration Solutions in Utah and abroad at wilneroreilly.com. And here's tonight's rules scenario and question. A goal is scored. Before the kickoff, the referee finds that the scoring team had more than 11 players on the field at the time the goal was scored. What action is to be taken? The answer coming up next, as well as tonight's starting lineups and the opening kick as Cougar Pre-Match Live continues from Clyde Field in Orem on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We are back at Clyde Field on the UVU campus in Orem, Utah for BYU at UVU and women's soccer starting lineups coming up. First up, the answer in tonight's soccer rules question in Wilner and O'Reilly's Laws of the Game segment. Here's tonight's scenario and question. A goal is scored. Before the kickoff, the referee finds that the scoring team had more than 11 players on the field at the time the goal was scored. What action is to be taken? And here's the ruling out of the NCAA soccer rulebook. The goal shall be disallowed. The offending player and coach cautioned as appropriate, and the game restarted with a goal kick. That's Laws of the Game, brought to you by Wilner and O'Reilly. And this is BYU Women's Soccer on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time for kickoff on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.